0: The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They've earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. So
1: the second part, just amazing to me, and I think probably for you too it's what you've accomplished and the response has been and accomplished meaning you are impacting a major very serious aspect of our society and and so that's the piece it's not even which you had spoken about is oh you know you're a co-host of a podcast or you know, you wrote a book, you are actually impacting an aspect of society that is a public health issue is, well, I'll end it at that. So the piece that I wanted to first talk about is your contributions to, you know, diversity, inclusion, representation, Mm -hmm. in the, the equine industry and community in North America. Yeah. And there obviously, that's like you had talked about, that has been an ongoing issue that the vet profession and vet school has been addressing. However, again, we are taping this in September 2020. And so, even the timing of that in society and the critical nature of that. So, do you want to start kind of sharing all of that? or is that how you would describe one of your major missions
2: and passions? Yes, yes. So I feel like even as an undergrad, I, I recognize the lack of diversity in the veterinary field. I've gotten to the professional world and recognize the lack of diversity in the veterinary professional field so first first it's like just in the undergrad you know pre-vet track but then it's in the professional field so once I um decided that like I worked my way up as a technician you know doing anesthesia doing dental prophylaxis like all that stuff and got bored because we didn't ever see anything that great or that interesting decided I wanted to go into the management side of it to learn the business aspect and so as a horse owner and as something you know that's something that I'm really passionate about I started looking at the businesses in the horse industry as well you know so not only focusing on veterinarians but Mm -hmm. just everyone as a whole and how how they exist and how they deliver and how they get their clients and how they keep their clients and, you know, appeal to everyone. So starting what, 2019, I partnered with my now best friend, Caitlin, and we just discussed like, hey, like we want to, like, I've always been about action. I've always been about okay, what am I going to do to make this difference? I found a problem. I complained about it a little bit. Okay, now what? Because you can't just stop there. I've always been about doing something about it. And we decided that we would would start a podcast. And so when I look at that from a a business standpoint, like I tell my clients and, and people that are part of my community, I say, hey, you gotta find your niche, you gotta find where you fit, and a lot of times for people of color in the horse industry, they'd struggle to find where they fit. They know what they like, they know what they enjoy, but they also know they don't fit so we wanted to create a platform and create a community that you know. Even if you are the only person of color in your barn in the middle of Oklahoma or somewhere that doesn't have a lot of Black people, you can still connect with these people that are all across the country that may or may not have similar experiences to you, but can lend you some advice and and make you feel like you're not alone.
1: Validate your experiences.
2: Right. When there may not be somebody in that barn to validate. Exactly. Exactly. So So that is what we've developed, and from that you know, from our ability to connect with people and our ability to to portray stories in a way that's not it's not complaining, you know not everyone has experienced racism in their day to day life where they weren't necessarily affected by it, you know, but being able to tell these stories in the light of we are diverse people and we have diverse experiences that was very important to us so now that we have spoken about this for an entire year after the incidences with george floyd and Breonna taylor and the civil unrest that was this entire summer is this entire summer we have been you know people are paying attention like oh you know these people share that share these people's experiences and it's not like like we don't get paid to do this like we barely um, i mean this is a, yeah a, what's the name of your podcast
1: so people can find
2: it it's young black equestrians so we're on every podcast network you can find us on equestrians.com yeah we're on all, all of our social medias are young black equestrians uh,
1: did you see a increase in listenership and subscri- uh, subscribers, mm-hmm. um, the onset of the response after
2: mm-hmm. Floyd. Yeah. Yeah, we did because there was a push to amplify black voices. Mm-hmm. We were the black voices that were already talking, you know It's not like they had to like amplify amplify somebody who was quiet. You know, so we were already talking. We were already putting ourselves out there. We were already making it known that these people were important. And we always say, like, be the people. We we aspire to be the people we wish we had when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so the person I wish I had growing up would speak out when there was something that they are not happy with. Um, someone who is not afraid to pivot who is flexible who would go after the things they're passionate about and not put themselves in a box and kind of reduce themselves just to make somebody else happy Mm -hmm. so that's pretty much been how we've navigated this entire summer you know we we went from being podcast host and I always say just trail riders because some some people think that we're you know out here competing and da 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 and I'm like no like the people that y'all talk junk about you know are not always but kind of in the grand scheme of the horse industry like the the lower priority people like we're the ones you know putting other people giving them the mic and there's definitely, a, there's definitely a hierarchy in equine yeah. industry. Yeah, yeah. We're, um, one's giving people the mic and and letting them share their story. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's the piece too. Is what do you think would have happened if you started the podcast in response to the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter versus that you
2: started when? Um, started because it was needed? Yes. I don't think we would have lasted because we were so overwhelmed with the amount of attention and requests to interview and just everything. I don't think if, if we didn't already have a foundation and have that support system and know know who we were as people and what our goal was for this podcast i don't think that we would have survived the sheer amount of attention and requests and emails and inboxes and i, I think we would have been very overwhelmed and stressed out about it mm-hmm. because we have such longevity in this game and the podcasting game we, we were able to have that level of discernment and say hey no." I'm not going to talk to you for free. You know, I have other things to do and then all but we were also able to say, okay, let's prioritize who we're going to speak with. Do we want to talk to this um nationally syndicated magazine who was just talking junk about someone else like a couple months ago that we saw or are we going to talk to this up-and-coming blog who has always been about stuff stuff that we prioritize Mm -hmm. um, and give them the chance to kind of you know i won't say hop on our coattails because that has such a negative connotation but get the attention from having us on the podcast or having Mm -hmm. us on their blog or whatever yeah being being in this game Gave us a level of discernment that I don't think we would have been able to survive if we had just started in June.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like knowing that and trusting that you know what's needed and valuable, mm-hmm. and not waiting for society, like a larger population,
2: to um, agree with you right. that's needed
1: and valuable.
2: Right, right. There were a lot of different initiatives and, you know, alliances and organizations kind of started out of, you know, the civil unrest of this summer that when you look at them right now, and it's only September, they do not have anything going on, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, we're we're all about, like, appreciating people want to make a difference, but When there's people out here that have been doing this, you know, instead of dividing the resources, how about you support somebody who's already doing what you're trying to do? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and being able to like with that um, blog to um, support them and assist them. So if you are both starting at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like um, knowing like what you do even if it's not like um, business, like if um, media outlets weren't contacting you a year ago saying, oh, can you start this podcast, Um, that you wouldn't have been able to help other people who want Yeah, yeah. Um, So the thing you did bring up and I know is an issue too for a lot of the students I work with is the value of lived experiences Mm -hmm. and recognizing expertise and Mm -hmm. When you talked about not doing it for free, as that your expertise, lived experiences, and you're not a person with, you know, 40 years experience with a PhD, you know, et cetera, that there is a financial value to your lived experiences and expertise.
2: Yeah, yeah, and every situation is different. Every conversation is going to be different. But if you approach me because you know that I'm going to bring value to your platform or to your conversation, I'm going to ask, what do you have in your budget for this kind of consultation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to be able to ask that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not an easy question because you feel like they're going to say, oh, never mind. No, but if you if you look around and you see that they are able to to. Financially support someone else, you know especially in this conversation of valuing people of color in your industry or in your company, you mm-hmm. know what is what do a lot of people associate with value? Money mm-hmm. So you can't tell me you you value me when you want me to work for free mm-hmm. You want me to expend my mental capacity that I have worked to develop you want me to expend this this ability to speak eloquently for free. <laughs> now some some situations you know if you're gonna be in a national magazine you're like yes i'll tell you everything you want <laughs> but <laughs> if you're gonna you know if you're asked to consult on campaigns for a national company but your name is not necessarily going to be like like your face is not plastered all over it then Mm -hmm. how much have you budgeted for this consultation Mm
1: -hmm. because that's the thing is it just continues that dynamic of aren't you lucky that we're acknowledging you exactly you know and that's of part of the problem it's that yeah again it's like that you don't have inherent value but yeah like aren't i great for acknowledging your existence so yeah no good for you i'm glad and that's i think for, for students to know is how to ask for that like what is in your budget knowing that that's a, a possible question that that does exist
2: yeah it's definitely a possibility and especially especially that's that's where the the longevity comes in because especially if you know like where these people are coming from, if you know this is a multi-million dollar company, if it's a company that you have patronized yourself, like, I buy stuff from y'all all the time. And you want me to get on this campaign and te- you're going to tell me that you can't, you know, fund my expertise? <laughs> you know, I know you at least have the money that I sent you for the stuff that I bought. Like don't don't the level of discernment definitely comes from experience mm-hmm. but i definitely do my research and and look at different people that seem to be along the same lines like i won't say influencer because that kind of looks like like cheesy like i just want to take pictures and model and stuff like that no, that's not that's not making an impact like you you're paying for the impact that i can have on your company on your audience on your community
1: mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. and i think the piece too the other um piece that's specific to agriculture is that there's been a historical level of discrimination and in people of color and agriculture like i know the usda has been sued yeah for that and so and i the you were quoted in a recent article and that article focused on or addressed even the historical systematic examples or existence of discrimination in the equine world so do you want to share more about that
2: yeah i mean what was the article it was in the canadian yeah 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 so so that article like she talked to me i did not know that it was going to be that big of article mm-hmm. like i thought she was just like oh you know this is diversity blah, blah, blah. but she i mean went way back like to history and yeah.
1: you know you.
2: okay so yeah so that was the canadian horse journal and i talked to margaret about this this article and i didn't even know that it was going to be as big as what she did like i didn't know she was going to go into the historical context the article's titled racial bias and ethnic diversity in the horse industry and it's in the um in the canadian horse journal and you know i'm just i'm like okay this lady from canada wants to talk about diversity cool sounds good but she she really, really did it justice. I mean, she really went back and kind of went back and brought us forward to today. And I was able to contribute to today's thoughts on on the, the issues of diversity in this industry. And I, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have that opportunity if I wasn't already talking about You know, and even though I'm in my own corner of the world, you know, thinking that nobody has listened to me, Mm -hmm. people are reaching out saying, Oh, I heard what you said about this. Can you expound on that more? And I think that I mean, that fills me with pride because I don't I don't want to say that I didn't at one point I didn't have a voice, but I've always had a voice. I just didn't know that it mattered you know I didn't know that I didn't always think that I had something to add like uh, you know yeah I can talk about this but you know does it really matter is it really adding to this conversation but now I do you know now I am able to to say that the the thoughts the things that I have worked to develop and have worked through in my mind with in conjunction with my experiences mm-hmm. add to this conversation like right before this i just got off the phone with a new york times journalist and i'm like okay here we are like i just told my mom yeah i got a call from the new york times journalist at 10 <laughs> like yeah i know today is her birthday i was like why can't i get in touch with you until 12 30 on your birthday <laughs> like what the-
1: <laughs> don't you know who i am
2: <laughs> hey Right. I'm like, this is not gonna happen when you come work for me. And she, <laughs> she, is just, oh, she knows. Like once I get big enough and I need a, I need a finance person, I can put her on payroll. Yeah. She will be, you know, black unicorn creative CFO. If you can go into a little bit about like what is the history
1: of bias in the horse industry?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it stems from the the images that we see on TV when you're watching westerns and things why do you see a black person in a western you know these black and white these brown and white movies or TV shows and my dad loves watching westerns i mean every saturday it's like we couldn't watch cartoons because he was up watching westerns yeah we so didn't get to watch cartoons until after
0: breakfast when he went
2: outside but one in four cowboys in the american west Was a black person. The rest of them were white, indigenous. Well, we'll say horse people, because obviously, indigenous Native Americans were not always cowboys, but (laughs) we're not seen as cowboys. But that representation is not given in the media. You know, there were instances, the first jockeys for the Kentucky Derby were black. Mm -hmm. They have an entire cemetery dedicated to black jockeys for the kentucky derby do you see that now no
1: mm-hmm.
2: I talk about that no i mean they talked about it this year because it's brought to the forefront but i mean even a lot of the jockeys now they're of latin descent and so it got to the point where people of color got so good at this thing that that america thought was a white activity sport Mm -hmm. and they said no you're not allowed to do this with us you know there is bill pickett he could he could compete to he could go to a rodeo but he was only allowed to compete when it was technically over and people started leaving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know until people caught wind like oh y'all are having stuff like y'all having an after party what? You having an after party where the black cowboys get to go out there and ride the bulls? And then then it was bad again. It was like, okay, no, now too many people are trying to stay for the after rodeo, so y'all can't do this at all. You know, and it was the constant silencing and the constant Mm -hmm. shutting down and erasure of the black contribution to the horse industry Mm -hmm. that honestly fuels how much I have to say today Mm -hmm. because we we're talking about right now, which is why I had to talk to this journalist about the use of the word plantation in the names of these giant events in the horse industry. And people are like, "Oh my gosh, a plantation is a place where they grow plants." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it's also the name. Like, I don't care what Miriam said, Miriam, mm-hmm. because it's also a place where." people were held under chattel slavery and were killed and beaten and raped and murdered. So, you know, they grew plants there too, but let's not forget, you know, all of this other stuff. Let's not pretend that didn't happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not, they're not museums of a theoretical background.
2: Yeah. Like this is real life. This is This is the stain of American history. And, you know, you're upset over a name change, mm-hmm. you know, come on,,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and the name changes have been long ago you know ongoing with different sports and right something about that that you know triggers people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now, um what do you know the responses that have been to that
2: article? um, I'm not sure um of of that one specifically just because it is like a different country and i don't always get to see stuff um directly related to that but i know from you know articles i've written for nationally syndicated media outlets you know here in america a lot of people are just like ah, oh, are we still talking about this and geez let's just ride a horse like that is you have the privilege of saying that you know i i I too want to just ride my horse but if the person is going to stop me and ask me whose truck i'm driving whose trailer i have and whose horse that is and question me and want to look at all my paperwork when they didn't question you when you came right before me that impacts my experience so i am going to talk about
1: Yes. Yeah, so what have been your experiences
2: of uh, discrimination, racism, bias Mm-hmm. in the past? When I was showing a lot more, it it just comes in the form of microaggressions, just questioning, side eyes. You know, the the do you belong here? Like, are you lost? Like, do you need help? Like, no, I'm yeah, good. But what you mean? Like, no, I'm 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 fine. Thank you. I've had a lot of people that have been great. I'm not saying that like, oh my God, you know, I'm not trying to cry a river, but I know that there's not everybody's as strong as me, and not not everybody is gonna continue to do this faced with those sorts of adversities things like. Mm-hmm. That. so as of recent, it's been pretty much just social media because that's how everybody's staring at their computer all day, so you know they're like why does it have to be young black equestrians why can't it just be all equestrians because ma'am i'm not all equestrians. i'm young i'm black and i ride horses that's why like and, and we interview i mean we have we've had a 67 year old a 70 year old on our podcast you know we're not discriminatory in the age bracket but we do want to highlight these experiences of these people because nobody else is. Nobody else was until this summer. Mm-hmm. 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 So I think that's where our respect comes from because people know that this is our priority and we haven't wavered from that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mel, no, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm sure there's um, like a psychic cost to that. And so what else have you done that has impacted the, the issue of bias discrimination for people of color in the horse world? Because I know you started, to you can talk about, but several years ago, where you went to schools and all of that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have always, I, yeah. I talk a lot. I mean, I just do. So I've always, people have always asked me to come back and speak about, My profession, veterinary medicine, you know, I'll go and take pictures of x-rays and teeth and, you know, different ailments and stuff just to share about the the veterinary profession as a whole for students that are interested. But as I partnered with my friend Caitlin for this podcast, she already had a nonprofit that she was trying to get off the ground. It's Mm -hmm. called Saddle Up and Read. You can learn more about that at saddleupandread.org. But she was on the search for books that represent black cowboys black horse people and a lot of the books are pretty much just about how they came out of slavery and we're trying to do things or whatever with her program we would go around and read to you know different schools, different grade levels, and a lot of the times, you know, obviously we're not being asked to read to fifth graders. So a lot of the times we were asked to read to classes that were the the books were a little um too high of a reading level for them. And so we're making up stories based on the pictures. Like the kids can't see the words. Like we're like, okay, Billy wrote a bull. Then he fell off and flipped the page. Like so I said, you know, I'm going to publish some books that we can read to these little kids that is a fun, engaging story mm-hmm. and represents black horse people in, in not a scope that's stemming from their struggles coming out of slavery. You know, it's important history. But some stories, you just want to be able to say, oh, yeah, this is a little boy, the boy in the book, the boy in the ball. Like, it doesn't have to have a historical context. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started the Cowgirl Cameron book series.
1: Mm-hmm. You can find Go that on out. Amazon.com, and I think
2: there's a website specific to your book series. Yeah, yeah, cowgirlcameron.com. Mm-hmm. is C-A-M-R-Y-N. And, you know, I started with the first one, and it kind of came out like, like just out the gate, like fast, because I, I had doubts. You know, I I always doubt myself before something big happens. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I'll put this out here, and I don't care if anybody buys it because it's just for me, and it's just for saddle up to read. And we're gonna read this book to all these kids, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, "This is amazing," and I was like, "Oh, thank God!"
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> would you um define that as imposter syndrome?
2: Oh, yes, 100%. Imposter, me and imposter syndrome go back, like, way back, all the way back to pre-veterinary days, like, you mm-hmm. know. And it came to the point where I was just like, so what? Like, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I'm going to do it anyway. What's the worst that can happen? Tell me no, or, you know, it doesn't work. You know, I had a use for it. I, I knew why it was going to be important for me. Mm-hmm. So... I said, I'm going to just put this out here and whoever, whoever, whatever, they can do what they want with it. And so there was such a, well, I had, I kind of was working on two at the same time. So I was able to get the second one out. Like the first one came out in August, second one came out in October, I think. I mean, the response was the same. And so with the second book, I incorporated the miniature horse that I had purchased earlier that year. (laughs) you know, I I wanted him to be a therapy mini. So we have been working a train to be able to visit homeless or not homeless people. We did see homeless people, but we're trained to visit kids and old people and, you know, just to provide some joy in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so I incorporated him in the book and I'm like, boom, you asked me to come read this story. And then I can pop out at the end of the at the end of the story with this little mini, miniature horse that came out that hopped out the car and it's great. Perfect. Car? It fits in a car. Oh yeah. So see what happened was <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I felt like an idiot hauling this gigantic truck and horse trailer mm-hmm. for this little 150 pound horse to jump out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i said so what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy this little minivan that my dad's friend had Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna trick it out and i put stalls in the back and now we have a mini (laughs) mobile and encore the miniature horse you can find him on all the socials at encore underscore the mini in the back of the mini mobile and we go we go we go home, we have a play, we have a, a a reading event to go to on Sunday. Okay. And so when I go to these reading events, I bring my book and a lot of times, you know, I'm I'm showing the kids the book and I'm like, you know, these are the characters and this is my my picture with my miniature horse. Mm-hmm. And all right guys, you guys did a great job listening. I have a surprise for you. And I'll go outside, and boom, there's a miniature horse outside. You want to
1: read a story? I don't know how long they are.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can read. You it. Want to read it to us?
1: Yeah. i'll read, read to is also
2: therapeutic.
1: Mhm. I'll read the shorter one. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. It's Cowgirl Cameron and the Crazy Hair Day, and illustrated by Abigail Johnson. Yes, authored and illustrated by myself. Good morning, my friend," says Cowgirl Cameron. Yes, Cameron said. My hair is wild. Well, if you want to describe it to the listening audience. oh, so cowgirl Cameron is stretching as she wakes up in the morning. And then she looks up at her crazy curly hair and is like, whoo. What am I going to do? I have to feed the horses. Wait, I have an idea. She's got a little light bulb. I will wear a hat. Cameron tried on a baseball cap. Her cap says, Cowgirl, look. Hmm, says Cameron. Too big. Cameron tried on a green beret. Hmm, Cameron said, Too small. She's got a little green beret cocked to the side. Hmm, what will I try on next? Wait a second. Cameron remembered something. I can wear a cowboy hat. Cameron reached way up high to get her cowboy hat. She's reaching on top of her closet of Hey, this is just right. Now I can go feed the horses. Cowgirl Cameron is all set and ready to feed her herd. The end. Got a little cowg- cowboy hat on and is got her buckets and she's headed out to to feed the horses. I mean, read, feed the horses.
1: So, what was the influence to write that story and the inspiration for that specific story?
2: yeah well inspiration i mean it's kind of like goldilocks and the three bears kind of modeled after that but hair is very important in the black community and a lot of times girls are like oh if it's not straight if it's not you know pressed and and always you know intact then their self-esteem is affected and their inherent value is affected so a lot of times when i go on these book readings you know i'll have just you know hair pins in and my hair out in the back and just curly fro situations or a big puff ball on the top of my head just because it's like hey yeah like i wrote and illustrated this book and this is what i look like i look like someone that is in your home i look like your family you know this is something that you can do i look like you this this is possible. And you can, you can do great things because, I mean, they look up to you when you're a speaker that comes to their class. I mean, you can do this, you know, mm-hmm. that they can see me that I look like them and this is what I have accomplished. So they know that it's possible. So when was the first time you saw a person in the horse world
1: that was of color or had similar hair or.
2: so? my experience riding horses was at trail rides. so i had a cousin who we all he always was like into like not the weirdest thing but like he has a 16 foot ball python like like just weird random things Yeah. and he was like oh i want to y'all want to go out to this trail ride and we're like okay cool that's fun yeah so we literally drove to the middle of the woods and like open to this field and there were hundreds of black horse people like hundreds of them and a lot of people can't even fathom that but i grew up riding horses with a bunch of other black people Mm -hmm. so that was another thing with the podcast we're like hey you know not all of our experiences are the same because there's a bunch of black people out there who have never even seen another black person on a horse Mm -hmm. so that was, like, the first time I realized, like, you can't say that the the issue or the barrier of owning a horse or being a, a participant in the horse industry is only finances. Mm-hmm. Because I'm out here with, you know, middle-class people, like, just just regular people. Like, a lot of them will say, yeah, my my coworkers don't even know I do this on the weekends. Like, they might not even know I have horses. Mm-hmm. But... That's who I grew up with, so that's how I knew. Like, oh, this is a thing. Like, I can do this. Like, look at, this is representation, you know, in itself. So, and you're from North Carolina, correct? Yeah, I'm from Chapel Hill, which is like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not primarily black, but it is. It is known for being more diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, between Chapel Hill and Carborough, it's it's Mm -hmm. known for you know, having that sort of name for itself, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's great. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's nice that you're doing the book for people who won't don't even have access to that experience. Or even having someone to take you there. Like somebody in your family that had because of how old you were, eight, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to you know, have that exposure perhaps right right. Um, no good and so one of the things in addition to saddle up and read was for your book was the youtube video of uh equestrian olympian reading the book
2: you want to talk about that <laughs> Very cool. yeah bc madden so so i woke up one morning and i had like five text messages. I mean I could I could hear it while I was sleeping. Like zzz, zzz, zzz. I'm like, what is going on? And it's like BZ Madden wrote read your book. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm like, I go to B BZ Madden's page. Mind you, I just woke up. Like I didn't research who she was. I just said, Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for reading my book. I really appreciate it. And then throughout the day, people are like, BZ f and Madden. Like, people that I knew from college that I hadn't even talked to. They're like, girl, BZF and Madden. I said, okay, there have been multiple people that literally have said, BZF and Madden. Who is this lady? Now that I'm awake, let me go figure out who this lady is. Because I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I looked her up and I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of a big deal, and so I talked to someone at the Horse Network where I've written a couple articles for, and she was like, "Yeah, so yeah." When I saw that, I was like, "This is crazy." It's BZ Madden, like she is, she is the Usain Bolt of the horse industry. She is the clutch, if you know, in show jumping. If you need somebody on your team to bring you back and get you the points, she is the one to do it. And I was like, Oh. Mm-hmm. She's highly respected, highly successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then I was just like, okay, this is this is quite this is a big deal, and this is insane that mm-hmm. this is happening, mm-hmm. but this is a big deal, and I just it it, it just I'm so appreciative, you know. Oh, she she just read Camilla Cameron in the Crazy Hair Day. I'm just so appreciative that that. That value was there. Like it wouldn't have happened if I just didn't say, "Just it I'm gonna put it out here, and you know, for for me to read, what's I love to read, and you know, if somebody wants to buy it, they can buy it. That it wouldn't have happened if I didn't do that. If I didn't take that leap and just put myself out there, you know, to try to help somebody.
1: Yeah, and that because she read it to her horse. Mm -hmm. Tube posted. I'm sure it's posted on other. Sites, yeah, she rented into to her horse, mm-hmm. um, and then on YouTube, when I last checked, it had one point five thousand views. Oh wow, I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things like just randomly happening, like I just is it's crazy. what does it feel like? It feels surreal a little bit like and and it's not like. It's like getting to my head or anything, but I'm just like, like, I I have a, a mission, you know, I have this, this calling that has developed that, you know, I am so very appreciative of the attention that it has gotten, but I, I can't let that get in the way. I can't let that stop what I've got going on to get stuck there yeah get stuck there because i i mean i've always been like a what's next kind of person what's what's next what's gonna happen next um how can i level up and that's that's what we've done with the podcast like first season you know we were working at the kinks second season our audio was much better we had a much better process for it third season we started the youtube channel and kind of recorded or, or shared the videos of the, the recordings that we did. And then this fourth season, I mean, we've, we've been so inundated with the attention of the summer that there's nothing like super big that's different, but you know, we've got our merchandise, we've got, you know, I think we're focusing a little bit more on community building than just just spitting out audio. So we do like a winner circle Wednesday where people share their wins for the week on Instagram, go on Instagram live. And, you know, Wednesday is like my day of the week where I'm like, okay, let me look back at Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Was it good? Okay, great. Keep up the good work or did it suck? All right. What can I do differently? Because Thursday and Friday are coming. Like I don't need to have a sucky entire week. I I thought that that was a a good way to kind of, boost the morale in the middle of the week Mm -hmm. so what
1: are some of your wins or what are some of the the wins people shared that really impacted you
2: yeah I mean people share like like last not yesterday but last week we had a lady who was like yeah I just I bought my daughter her first horse this week It is, you know, and I was hoping she would come back yesterday and tell us, but I don't think she was on. But we've had people, like we had a girl yesterday who said that she was teaching her horse how to fetch. I'm like, ma'am, I can't even teach my horse how to bring himself when I call. Like you, you're teaching your horse to bring something else when you call? That blows my mind. And and it just lets you know, like, what's possible? Like, okay, you can, you can tell them to go get something. That's great. (laughs)
1: And the other piece of the reaction to the book, so it's on Amazon, Mm -hmm. and I looked that up today, and it only has five stars. The responses from the verified readers have only been five stars. Yeah, I want to read a couple of these, or you will constantly read them, or, well, I want to read them to
2: other people. No, I have no idea what you're talking about, so go ahead.
1: Okay. All caps. I obviously, I absolutely love this book. Cowgirl Cameron is the book I wanted when I was a kid. It's heartwarming to see an African-American cowgirl in a book. I have read this book to my children and to groups of children in many classrooms. They, all cats, love it too. Kids really love the animals she has. It's fun to hear them guess what kind of animal the alpaca is. If you need a book about the importance of teamwork, this is the book for you. I haven't heard that one. Aww. That's awesome. What does <laughs> that feel like? You have
2: got a huge smile. I know. I know. I always have to like not like tear up sometimes, but it's it's crazy to me because I know. I mean, I can. So I drew all of the the pictures and stuff on my iPad. Like I can, the program that I use tracks the amount of time spent mm-hmm. on these illustrations and things like that and i know like self-publishing to amazon like the first book i submitted 18 times to get the formatting mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. everything the second book i submitted eight times and you know which is nice because amazon they're not gonna let you just put out some mess like they they do actually have people check it mm-hmm. which i appreciate 100 percent. so just knowing you know going through all that it wasn't for not you know people people value when knowing that people value the things that come out of my brain mm-hmm. like that just is like i mean it, it's heartwarming it's validation you know when i when i go through periods of imposter syndrome or stress or doubt or have difficulty wrapping my head around my ability to do something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I can look at stuff like that. I can look at the reviews. I can look at uh, the the impact. I can look at the fact that I got to go to the post office today to send out two more books and a Calgary Cameron hat to say somebody's listening. Somebody supports well, you. Well,
1: and your, one of the goals you had said before was, to have that exposure and representation for people to see and mm-hmm. all caps I absolutely love this book Cowgirl Cameron is the book I wanted when I was a kid
2: yeah yeah that means everything that's that's like I I achieved my thing like in Mario like like and then you go down the shoot. like that's my jam That that's how I feel glad you glad i could read that to you i know i really need to be better about checking things but i just Mm -hmm. i have a lot did i got a lot going on and and i will say that too like i would had all these plans when i quit my job and i was going to do all this stuff i was like is it the same amount of hours in the day Mm -hmm. because i have a lot to do i was just talking to a friend about that like i'm I've got got a lot of stuff to do, Mm -hmm. and there's no, like, when I was working my nine-to-five, there was the same amount of hours, and I was trying to do this stuff at the same time. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, because do you have, is there a difference between people wanting to hear you, have your access to your expertise, engage, versus actual compliments? actual saying, you have personally impacted me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What are your compliments? Yeah. Positive I, or people saying about how it impacted them.
2: Yeah. A lot of times I get feedback from parents with kids. You know, I get cards with pictures. Um when i read my book with the donkeys like that school they just sent me a card in the mail like just people being appreciative of kind of the work that i've done like it's an incredible incredible feeling and i just i don't know i just feel like like yeah like you read you read those those compliments but even in all the work that i've done you know with the podcast and stuff like that people are it's not commonplace for people to have a voice apparently that's not what people expect all the time and so they say thank you for bringing up this thing that hasn't been brought up or thank you for addressing this thing that i've been battling with internally because no one else is talking about it or i i couldn't relate to someone who was talking about it and i just." feel it. like like that's i really hate the word like niching down because people like are afraid to be super specific but you know when you find your community like it's exactly that it's a village like everybody's supporting each other so it's not even like a oh everybody listen to what i have to say and then i don't receive feedback you mm-hmm. know a lot of people will Will say like hey I really like this or Wait, when you talked about this I'm never related but somebody might relate you know things like that so that's why I try to you know no. at this point nobody's nobody's coming up with something brand new like everybody's reinventing the wheel and and putting their face on it and putting their own spin on it so you can't be afraid to do that be compensated for it and work In within your community to make a difference just because Mm somebody else is doing it, right? They can't do it like you,
1: (laughs) right? Right, yeah. And I do want to jump because we are pushed against time, and I know that you're busy, but that's also the piece of being 27 and starting a business in which you don't have to have a job, you know, like that, like a second source of income. You know, because people who start businesses, I can see a stereotype of, oh, they have a MBA, you know, all of these different things. So I would like you to talk about your company, the Black Unicorn Creative, um, and even starting with, like, what's the significance or the inspiration for that name of the company?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I actually, there's a song that I had come across by Two Chains. And this, it has a lady, like, speaking at the beginning of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And, And it, like, resonated with me so much. I recall so many never, ever thought you'd make it. So sad they were mistaken. The joy, they tried to take it. Mama said that the best thing you can do is be you. This world ain't got but one, so give credit where it is due. Ain't that the truth? And here you are. A black unicorn, Myth, mythical, mystical. Since the day that you were born, mastered all the madness. Let the magic have its way. Let the power paint the day. Let the god have his say
1: mm-hmm.
2: That's just a little excer- excerpt. But mm-hmm. I was
1: like, "You're right." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and I, I wanted it obviously so the business started off as like just doing crafts so that's why the Mm -hmm. kind of snuck in there so people would know that this is like I'm making things I'm I'm making things Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I got my LLC under but now like I had to do a pivot because I was finishing up my master's and wasn't able to focus on it as much but kind of with all of the things that have happened I, I realized or I realized what I valued the most and and I valued helping people in the horse industry overall, like, you know, my track record speaks to that. Mm -hmm. So I had to look back and say, Hey, when you're, when you're confused as to what to do next, look back and see what you have done. That's been unconventional or been like, you were supposed to be doing this one thing, but you did something else that made you happy. Mm -hmm. And use that as fuel to go forward. You can you can always pivot. I love doing crafts and stuff. You can always pivot and do something different. But that moment of clarity came for me when I looked back and said, "Hey, I'm not feeling fulfilled in this veterinary industry anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the politics of corporate veterinary hospitals. I was just like done with it. Like there was nobody there that I saw that I wanted to be. You know i didn't want to be the veterinarians there mm-hmm. i didn't want to be you know the the upper level management that i saw mm-hmm. um you know outside of the hospital so mm-hmm. I, I gotta do something different mm-hmm. I, I gotta i gotta create this life i gotta create this person that i wanted to be and so i i mean i had to quit enough. You know, I researched, I read, I did all this stuff, and people are like, you've got to have a three month savings before you quit your job, things like that. And I'm like, I don't even make enough at this job to have a three month savings. Like, this doesn't work for everybody. Now, I'm not saying, you know, quit when you have no money, but I was like, I can't, like, this model doesn't work for me. So I said, I'm going to use the leverage that I have the leverage of the community that I have built already and mm-hmm. I've already got conversations out there to mm-hmm. help myself in my, in a professional capacity. Cause at this point it's, you know, like a hobby and I'm like, no, I'm going, I'm going to focus on these people and I'm going to push into this community
1: mm-hmm.
2: and make a difference because I can see that, like, there's nobody else doing it. Mm-hmm. There's no other people of color, you know, in a business aspect, trying to, assist horse businesses in you know maintaining clients and and leveling up in their business and a lot of time, i mean horse people are usually behind on technology mm-hmm. but a lot especially now they're in the midst of a global pandemic people are understanding why they should have a priority of putting themselves online mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it's like hey you know let's see how you can help in that capacity as well as make a living off of it.
1: What does your company do? Like What services, resources do you offer?
2: Yeah, so I pretty much help horse businesses establish their digital footprint. That's kind of what I say. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gets them, you know, developing a website, mm-hmm. you know, establishing social media. Establishing a brand logo design, you know, putting yourself out there outside of word of mouth. How else are you going to get business outside of putting your flyers up at a feed store? How else are you going to maintain this lifestyle that you're trying to live? And that's Mm -hmm. getting online, you know, for people to be able to search who you are and to say, "Hey, I want to go to a Western Barn in Raleigh, North Carolina." That allows beginner riders mm-hmm. okay you need a website that showcases that that is what you offer mm-hmm. so logo design web design social media assistance like that is what i do at the moment Thanks, do you have i have four at the moment which i didn't even realize was going to be like that's sufficient that's that's a a good you know, number of people. I've got monthly clients. I've got people that are like a a one, one time. Like this is just what they need. You know, and I've gotten clients with the help of Dr. Kennedy. Like because I mean, once you put once you put it out there, like this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. The people that are already around you and already support you, they know somebody that knows somebody, right? <laughs> they can always help you out that way.
1: Yeah, you can't do it in a, or you can do it in
2: a vacuum. But it's not going to be nearly as successful. Yeah,
1: or sustainable. Right. Right. Kind of a general, or this is a long question it's like, what actions, mindset, which you've mentioned, education skills, did you use to develop like a successful business model? And that all those things lead to you having to be successful like in the quality of work that you provide.
2: Yeah. So from being a person that likes to know lots of things and likes to do lots of things. I started building websites when I was in high school. You know, and I know that a lot of times it's dependent upon the access or the 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 resources that your high school has have. But I the things that I do like editing the podcast i know how to edit audio because we hated fundraising as a cheerleading squad and we needed some music to go to cheer competitions like and i was like okay well i'm gonna try to you know I, I fostered those skills while i was in high school so i was comfortable you know now years later doing that stuff um i i was on a stem track so and
1: this is high school
2: cheerleading yeah in high school cheerleading yeah I was on the STEM track in high school, so they didn't really value creative arts. Like, I never got to do creative things, really. You know, I was in science-based things, research programs, things like that. But I was able to draw the, the banner for the football players to go run through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's, it was like a culmination of these experiences that I've had growing up, you know, coming up through undergrad also, just being familiar with horses um that kind of led me to to where I am today. I mean, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit spirit. Like my family is a family of entrepreneurs. My dad has had his own business for years. My uncle, my grandma, like they all have they all had their own business. Mm-hmm. And that's on my dad's side. And on my mom's side, they're they're educators. You know, so so I've always had I've always seen that possibility. Mm -hmm. It was always in front of me. So that it wasn't, there wasn't ever like a, oh, this is absolutely impossible because I was able to see that. And that, that representation there was, is integral in Mm -hmm. you know, my success today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lifetime worth of experiences as well as just, you know, I know how to research because I was in STEM. I mean, I research and I read and I listen. And I take notes, like I was telling somebody the other day, I got up, I couldn't sleep at 2.30 in the morning and I had a brain dump. I wrote five pages of things, things that could help clients, things that I could do to bring in business, things that I could write, digital products that I could sell. And I went to sleep at 5.30 and woke up at eight. Now, if I were to have thought to myself, you know, I I got to be to work at seven, you know, I can't brain dump right now. Mm-hmm. I would have missed all of that goodness that came out of being able to just have the freedom to get up and purge these things out of my brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm still riding on the coattails of that morning because I came up with so much content. So the the freedom of being able to just do something like that as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm sold, you mm-hmm. know. It's not like I'm sleeping the day away or anything like that. But, you know, I can take a nap at 2 o'clock and then wake up and then work until 8 and it's fine, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I appreciate that flexibility, and I'm just like, if I knew that this was the way it was going to be, I would have done this a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so that is, doing a long time ago is something that you're passionate about. So we've been talking for two hours, so I want to have a closing, and we may, may need to do another episode. We'll come back. I'm sure in
2: a month you'll have done something else amazing,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that we'll need to
2: October is gonna be a pretty good month. It's my birthday month, and we got some things shaking. so I'm excited. Good
1: for you, yeah. Um, so in from my experiences working with students, and it, like especially women, is that like who am I, and like a comfortableness with who am I? Like, am I embracing it and comfortable with it? Or even, like, do I even know who I am? Mm -hmm. And so, and this is even personal for me, in that, like, when you were saying that, is, like, that was a big part of your success, is knowing who you are, being comfortable with it, so that you can actually embrace it and articulate it. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some guidance with that, advice with that?
2: you know I launched my blog and I, I I talk about mindset um in the first few blog posts but it w- it was so important to me like like I said earlier imposter syndrome like uh, that's my right hand man you know it it always comes no matter what but but I'm confident in the fact that I know my my vision And I know that my mission, and I mean, it's not even like I'm an organization, but like, I know what I want to do. And so when you're, you're struggling to feel or to determine who you are, you know, you have to look around and and see what it is that you enjoy, you know, one, if you can't figure out something that you enjoy, figure out what you don't like, you know. I worked in a call center and I was like, I'm not going to do this ever again because I hate (laughs) it. But, you know, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what my next job was going to be, but I know it wasn't going to be that. You know, I can say that I have that skill, but I don't want to do that. Okay, that'll be the first thing. If you can't figure out what you like to do, determine what you don't like to do. Mm -hmm. And shy away from that. If you look around and you don't, see anybody you want to be, mm-hmm. or you don't see, any, or if you, you don't have anyone that's like encouraging you to do, you, you got to surround yourself with different people, you know, and, and just find something random to do and just surround yourself with, with people where you can share your story and like they may know somebody that knows somebody that it was looking for you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and what you have to offer in this life, so I think you know not being afraid to to try something absolutely random and putting yourself out there just to see what shakes like if nothing shakes, that's fine you know that's that's kind of how I manage imposter syndrome like. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Oh God. Okay. I'm just gonna do it. And if, if it doesn't work, that's fine. Cool. I'll do something else. But if it works, but but what if it works? But what if it works? What's that palm It's like something, something, but what if you fly? Like just gotta do it. Let's see what happens. And mm-hmm. you know, you that flexibility, like. Like i I realize that I'm not at the moment like restricted on anything. Like I can decide tomorrow that I want to go to cosmetology school. and I'm like that, that's possible. Like I can do that if I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the The pivot, like, I guess there there's kind of an a image in like America that you you stick with this one thing and that's what you do for the rest of your life. And that's not the case you can you can do whatever you want to do, like you can do something completely different one year and go back you know it's the 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 world is is open
1: That's yeah, like a level of open mindedness mm-hmm. yeah, flexibility not being
2: there's a term
1: that's like elasticity, so found the poem, so I'll read it. There is a freedom waiting for you. On the breezes of the sky. And you ask, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? By Aaron in hand. Mm-hmm. That's your, like, kryptonite for imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a mantra, you know, to, you may not be able to eradicate your brain. Like, imposter syndrome, eradicate imposter syndrome from your brain. Or yeah. your identity, like you said, the right-hand man. But you can counterbalance or um yeah
2: and being okay with that like like i have completely i know that every time that i'm going to do something new i'm going to be terrified and i'm going to feel like i'm not qualified but you know what i can have those feelings and that's okay we're gonna do this anyway we're gonna do it scared we're gonna do it moving and we're going to see what happens like, like I, you come up. I came up in a STEM program, doing research all the time, doing experiments. Life is a freaking experiment. You got to do all these different things, and you just see what happens. So I can't tell myself that I can't do it because I literally spent years doing experiments. Yeah, and that's the
1: thing too. Is quotes about that not all your thoughts and feelings are real or a fact? Like, you may, like, have thoughts, but it doesn't mean they're real. It doesn't mean you need to, like, believe them. Right. They may be coming out of an imposter syndrome or coming out of somebody else's voice. You know, like saying, oh, you're too ambitious. Mm-hmm. From your advisor. Well, we've been talking for over two hours, so mm-hmm. I really thank you for your time. This is amazing. You're amazing.
2: Oh, thanks.
1: I know you have to run off to the New York Times, um... A- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
2: glad you think that uh trio is
1: more important than the New York Times.
2: <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. I I always always believe in giving back to to where I came from because there's somebody that was like me that's gonna need this conversation. So I appreciate you bringing me back for this. Yes,
1: thank you. We appreciate you, Aubriana. You make trio look good. Now, good. <laughs> so, well anyways, have a good weekend and keep us posted. I will be sure to check in on you on your October events. Yeah.
0: TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today! Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.